but nature strip. He's a force of nature today. That's his fourth grip length in front. Can he do it? Chautauqua, he's flying. Yes, there's history. But this is a blitz. It's a wing splits. Two in a row. And she joins the all-time greats of the turf. Wings has won. Mugs, it's Moz here, one half of two mugs punting. Merry, Merry Christmas today. We bring you a very special guest, Cassie Fahi, for Christmas with Cassie. She was such a cool chick to have a chat to, all things racing, sky racing. We chat about some of our punting heroes. All in all, mugs, enjoy the listen. We'll see you back in the new year. Alrighty, mugs, we got a very special guest in the app. Mugs here. That's just something I made up over the last little bit. We've got Cassie Fahey from Sky Racing. Say hello, mate. Hello. Hello. Do you know how excited I've been for this today? Uh, well, your expectations in life just must be very, very, very low. But uh, I am in lockdown, so yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Well, that's it, Mugs. Cassie's coming to us live from uh, sunny Manly in New South Wales. So... I said we didn't want to talk too much COVID, but just remind the people of Australia how shit it is in lockdown, so don't ruin it for everyone again. Oh, I know. I know. I don't know how those Melbourne people do it for so long. It's um, I've been doing it for three days, and, um, yeah, my dog has gone crazy. He's <laughs> done it for three days. He's over it. <laughs> well, uh, just a bit of backstory, guys. I actually interrupted the dog walk to do this little interview, so I'm in the good books with puppies all around the world at the moment, but... Uh, We'll kick on and look, I've got to, this is either going to be genius because you've either never heard of it or I'm late to the party, but have you ever introduced yourself as Cassie Fahihi? <laughs> ever? Because I reckon you could absolutely kill that anywhere you go. All right. Okay. Who have you been talking to? You've been talking no, to no. someone. No. No? Okay. I to, All right. I had to do some journalistic research and, uh, and watch you on Sky Racing, of course, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, but <laughs> that's your last name when you read it to pronounce it, obviously uh, a bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> yeah, I get Fahi, I get Fahi. It's actually Fahi, but it's just easy to go Fahi. But um, why I asked who have you been talking to is once upon a time I tried to make Faye hey hey happen you know like off mean girls at fetch just stop trying to make it happen and i kept going with for hey hey and it just didn't take off so well, <laughs> i'm still waiting all the all the people you tried and have probably forgotten so i reckon it's a good chance to uh reinvigorate the opportunity bring it back uh, but look let's with any sort of interview you know you talk about the journey to where you got to today but before we sort of get into that, just tell the mugs and the uh, the listeners, or listener if it's just you and I listen back. Um, <laughs> and my mum. <laughs> yeah, and your mum. Hey, mum, if you're listening. But a couple, uh, couple of sentences. Who is Cassie from Sky Racing? Oh, okay. So Cassie from Sky Racing is uh, Cass from Christchurch, New Zealand, a little small town girl who's just battling away in the big smoke of uh, Sydney. Manly, Northern Beaches, to be more precise. Um, yeah, that's who Cass is. Just, just a wee mugget trying her best. That's right. <laughs> well, as we said, you're probably the most qualified mug out there. So you're definitely <laughs> one of us. Um, but my, well, my Google Translator, I thought, was mucking up. But you are a born, bred, proud Kiwi, I'm very certain of. Uh, <laughs> and growing up in New Zealand, um, racing family? 
Yeah, so we did a little bit of research. But, yeah, nice. Uh, I guess what I want to ask is, I reckon it is 100% you're either growing up in a stable around horses, obviously your family's involved with racing, or you've got no freaking idea of what the hell a day in a life as a kid for you is. So, I mean, you obviously enjoyed it because you're still in the industry, um, probably at a bit more of a glamorous end now, but what was it, I guess, what's it like as a kid waking up and you got, what, 20, 30, 50,000 horses uh, <laughs> to do whatever you want with? I was pretty lucky. Dad wasn't that big of a trainer. He was, um, he had more just a, a boutique team. He was actually um, like a union boss at the Meatworks as well. So he did... Uh, horses part-time and then obviously uh, meat works I assume it's the same here but it's seasonal so six months of the year he'd be doing that and the six months of the year he'd be training but training throughout the year but just really um, focusing in on it for half of it so um, yeah he had two girls poor bugger he had two girls so my sister and I uh, we were tomboys until I swear to God, until I was about 18, I was a tomboy. And so we just, yeah, we were out at the stables every day. Um, my sister, she's more of like the cool, pretty one. So she would get out of it a little bit more. Wow. So there was just me like shoveling shit. And um, she was out like doing the fun stuff with boys. <laughs> and so I was just mucking around a lot with dad. Um, and yeah, working the horses and um, having a ball actually, because... That was, we're only from a small town, really. Christchurch is a city, but we're out, we were born on the outskirts of it. And that was sort of, that was our whole world. Like, we don't really have much of a, a big world view. So, mucking around with the horses every day, it was, um, it was all we really did know. So, it was good. good Toughened us up. That's right. And I'm sure the promise from dad was a, uh, a super good Christmas present that you never got. Right? <laughs> you do not know my father. Hell no. It was a couple of drinks and he'd teach us how to drive. So <laughs> oh, a couple God. of drinks at the age of 13. I shouldn't say that. But <laughs> Well, when, when you were, I guess, at that age, because dad was what, obviously a harness trainer more than the thoroughbreds. Do you, what's sort of the main difference uh, in terms of riding? Obviously one's not on a bloody horseback. Let's clear the air there. Uh, but yeah. technique-wise, skill-wise, is there, did you learn sort of both skills just as a requirement of helping out around, around, the, around the stable? That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. So mum used to ride track work for um, a couple of Gallops trainers. And so she, you know, she actually had a big argument with pony clubs. So we were banned from going to pony club as kids. So we had to just ride at home around the track. And so we got that basic grounding, obviously riding, but then because dad had racehorses, um, harness racehorses, we were doing that as well. The main difference is, it's funny, jockeys will say they always feel safer on top, drivers will always say, say that they feel safer in the cart, but I don't know which one, I'd, it's a flip of the coin really, but um, harness you get a real little electric buzz from because you're in like this little vehicle, you know, behind them and you're just going whoosh, and you hit a little stone and you, you might jump out, um, you know, three feet above the sulky, which is terrifying. Um, no stirrups. They come out pretty easily, not, not like a saddle. Um, and, yeah, they're, they're same, same, but they're different, I suppose, yeah. is the answer. But, yeah, both got their, uh, their pros and their cons, scary and daunting. And do you, do you still get to do a little bit of riding? Like, obviously, is it you're an adrenaline junkie or 
dad just forced you to become one. But do you or do you miss that that side of I guess the horse, the horses and the horses? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I'm a long way from home, obviously, and Manly's a long way from anything apart from a beach, <laughs> really. So I miss being able just to go down to the stables and, you know, snuggling with the foals. It's that time of season back home, and we're here as well, where all the foals are being born, and you get photos from home, and that sort of uh, certainly tugs at the heartstrings, and you just want to be able to go out. In terms of, I haven't ridden, I've ridden probably a horse twice since I've come over here. Um, and haven't been in the sulky since. It's just a, it's a different way of life um, when you're when you're not at home working with them every day. And it's um, yeah, I, I've just found other things unfortunately to fill my time in with. But I certainly miss it. Um, it's a New Year's resolution, 2021. Here I come. I'm gonna get back into riding. I'm gonna do a whole lot of stuff that I've been a bit lazy with this year. Beautiful. I think that's uh, mentality 101 this year with 2020, isn't it? That 100%. But hey, at least you've, you've tra- traded the foals, the horses for the luxury yachts and the uh, <laughs> dogs of Manly. So I guess, yeah, it's pretty, we all feel for you listening from the other end, for sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, well, I guess, is that, did you ever have considerations to maybe go into training or, or riding um, as a as a trots galloper growing up or, or was that the exposure to say, no, I need to flutter my wings, leave the nest and try to find myself a, a career that might get you back to racing or, or what was your aspirations from, I guess, that point? Yeah, but dad always made it very clear that he wanted us to go the education route. So um, I went to uni and I was still working with the horses. But, but to answer your question in a nutshell, I totally thought that's what I was going to be doing. Because like I said before, that was my, that was my whole world growing yeah. up. You know, I wasn't extremely worldly. Um, and and that, was, that was the natural progression. And um, so anyway, dad wanted us to go to uni. So did all that. And um, I was still, I was doing yearling preparation um, and obviously helping dad out with the racehorses. And whilst I was at uni, I got to travel a little bit with the horses, which was great. And I thought, perfect, traveling foreman, how good would this be? And then the earthquakes happened. Um, I don't know if you remember, but the earthquakes happened and destroyed everything. And um, quite literally, whilst we were fine out in the country where we were, there was no city, there was no nightlife. And I was in my last year of uni. That's it. That's and after I, hey. That's the year that you need the nightlife. Last I know. <laughs> I know. Apart from 17 when you got the fake ID and you need the nightlife then. But yeah, I was 20, 21. And I'm like, okay, so graduated, shot off because there was just nothing there. So the earthquakes probably sent me down a different route maybe yeah. um and so i took off and i just bought a one-way ticket to perth actually perth was as far as i could afford to go because like it was literally a week and a half later and i'm like right mum and dad i've got an announcement they're like oh god oh no what have you done and i was like oh no i'm just going to perth <laughs> like okay that's all right and so i didn't come back for three years and um then I was, I actually took a real detour. I didn't do anything to do with racing. Like I'd go to the races for a good day out, but I wouldn't have watched many races and, you know, didn't really phone home as much as I probably should have and got out of it. And, um, and then Tiki toured around Aussie for three years, living the gypsy life and around um, Europe and Asia and 
yeah so I totally went a different way than what I thought I was gonna go and then came home things fell apart bad bad Irishman <laughs> and um so I came home tail between my legs yeah and um not sure what I was doing with my life you know you had that quarter life mid-crisis oh, you know well, I, was t I think I was 23 having a crisis <laughs> feel any better. I'm, I'm 30 and I'm still going through mine so it's uh, okay <laughs> don't feel too bad okay good I'm glad I did mine earlier then um yeah and then I just um saw an advert and my sister filmed me for it she was like you know you should go for this and I, was, I thought oh you know they're looking for broadcasters I had no broadcasting degree or anything like that um my degree was you know far from that but she filmed me on the floor of her bedroom on like an old iphone 5 or something sent that in and that was like my um my show reel and uh fell into broadcasting for trackside new zealand that way and then a whole different path opened as simple as that hey so yeah simple just like that any aspiring media personalities out there Quickly, <laughs> just uh, just pull out the iPhone and go for it. Exactly. Sit on the floor of your sister's bedroom. You'll be right. Yeah. Well, I guess it's safe to say it worked out in a sense, didn't it? So, what it was did. that? And what was I guess the the idea to stem from that? Did you did you ever think to go into media, or was it just a matter of this is a job? I need a job. Let's give it a shot. And the rest. It was more of. It was more of a, um, I certainly didn't have the confidence to be like, oh, that's what I'm going to do. It wasn't anything like that. It was more just being, um, you know, pushed there by my sister, actually. And um, because, you know, you, you've grown up watching Sky Racing is always on the background. For us, it was trackside, always on in the background at home. So, so you knew it. Yeah. And so you knew all the presenters and, and, you know, it definitely would have crossed my mind. Oh, I could do that. You know, maybe I could do that. And so uh, the idea of being um, a racing broadcaster really only stemmed from having seen it on seek.co.nz and just putting my hat into the ring, literally chucking my hat into the ring because I'd come back with a blank slate. Like I'd been doing nothing jobs in Australia. Like I was doing some weird jobs in Australia and um, <laughs> nothing, nothing like this. So it was just, you know, have a crack. We might keep the, that conversation to the after hours chat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but hey, well, that's, and that's, that probably ties in and, and well, I was going to ask anyway, but I think you've sort of answered it. But I, I think you can really tell on, you know, someone in your position within the racing industry, whether it's a media personality that's ventured into racing or someone for a love of the industry or a sort of a punter um, that's gone into the media space. Uh, and you can yeah. do that with how they talk about the products, um, different trainers, how they talk to athletes of the sport as well. So kudos, yeah. mate. We made it. Thank you. Thank it. you. I was lucky because um, Trackside put me through this really good um, broadcasting short course. So yeah. I was able to learn some, you know, broadcasting techniques. Techniques. I, I changed my voice uh, and all that sort of stuff. But there's so much jargon. Like there is. There's so much jargon that's associated with racing that they they were trying to get broadcasters and they they could not get um, their heads around it. Yeah. So. Can't mm. white man hand jump. Exactly. <laughs> that's a saying. I like that. Yeah. It's a movie, isn't it? 
It is a movie, but uh, it sort of came out before my time, so probably don't post it too much in case we get sued. Who knows? Tab might come up. Well, anyway. Well, I guess uh, you've conquered New Zealand then and then decided we'll talk about moving to Sydney another time, but you did end up in Sydney. The Sky Racing have a little academy from what they tell me. We don't get involved. Yeah. We just know about these things. We know about everything. But uh, yeah. what was, was that? Was it just a career progression to sort of go, well, I need to probably move to a bigger city, dip my toes in the water. Uh, what drew you to Australia? Yeah, so with that, what happened is um, they'd only ever done it with uh, Australians that were um, either budding broadcasters or getting their toes into the media or, um, or they'd been nominated by someone yeah. from... Yeah. And I was I was lucky because it was the first time that they'd opened the invite to New Zealand. So I was the first one to come across. And of course, being the first, my boss came across as well. And so I was trying my hardest to impress her so that she would, you know, maybe uh, get me on some of the real big days back in New Zealand. And I was trying to be like, hey, you know, look, look at what I could do. So I just went in guns blazing and left all inhibitions at the door. And that worked out really well. Two reasons, my boss was happy after the fact that I almost missed the plane um, and she'd given me a serious telling off. So all of this actually almost didn't happen. But um, she, she came clean, or I came clean, I should say. I was, um, think running through the airport hungover leaving half of your luggage at the hotel because you'd had a big night at the races the night before so luckily it all came to fruition for me but I impressed her and I ended up impressing um, the sky people so they three months later that was in June and I got a phone call on the 31st of August two months later and they said hey listen we've got a job opening would you be interested in moving over so um i was lucky i never had to go through the application stage or anything because god my cv wouldn't have read that good but um <laughs> well, <you can laughs> sort of random i'm putting this in my bio of instagram yeah. have been on two mugs punting broadcast pretty much and we podcast we only, uh, we only have a very highly strung out criteria to be able to come on this show, so. I know, I saw some of the guys that you've talked to. Yeah, Woo. Good company. Woo. We've had junk on so far, so we need to up the, uh, up the <laughs> a little bit. Move out the average, right? have a couple of ones and a 10, it's five and it's, it's a half <laughs> We'll do that. Well, look, that's, uh, and I guess the rest is history. You're still, uh, still at Sky, loving your job. Uh, apart from at the moment being at home doing it from there, but we'll worry about that later. But a day in the life now of Cassie when you're, when you're in Sky, so how does it work? Do you have, um, I guess, ships that you've obviously got to, to televise and broadcast from? And my next question, you get to see some pretty interesting place names. And uh, I don't know if it's just I'm a weirdo, but when I'm, you know, same thing, I've had a big day at the races, I might stumble home at 1, 2 a.m., chuck it on Sky <laughs> I learned more geography in the last five years watching Sky Racing than I did at high school. Um, so <laughs> Queensland education there. But is it, is it an early start and sometimes you just think, 
honestly, are people betting on these kind of races or, or is it just a bit of a, a thrill factor for you as well to go, geez, this is a different world in another, you know, country that I'm a part of, sort of? Yeah, so I predominantly have been starting to do basically this year, actually, when COVID hit, um, the eight o'clock in the morning till the 1 p.m. shift. So obviously I'm a Kiwi. It works out well because the Kiwi action starts first. Yeah. Um, I can pronounce the tracks. Um, and I know the, the jockeys, the trainers, the drivers from my on-course hosting days back in New Zealand. So it was like a natural fit that I would do that. Um, obviously that doesn't kick off until 10 o'clock, 10.30 sometimes. Dangerous. So a few times. Yeah, so I've got an hour and a half, two hours, um, two and a half hours of American racing, um, Mexican greyhounds, which I never would have seen coming. If I had have thought, you know, what will you be doing in a year's time? Mexican greyhounds, not on my radar. Um, but though, yeah, it, it's the part of the role where you are trying to find content or those in charge are trying to find content to put on. Because I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm watching the polls and yeah. I'm watching that people are betting on them. You know, obviously not everyone's betting on them, but people are betting on them. So you've got to talk yeah. about it. You've got to, you've got to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I never knew where Caliente Greyhounds were. They're in Tijuana, which is quite um quite cool. Northfield Park, I do a bit of. And I think you could, if well, if you ever need a little bit of a side hustle going on, you see a bazillion one, you know, tipping groups these days. We're not one. Yeah. Payment service, mind you. Uh, but you could specialise in Mexican greyhound tips, and you could. <laughs> no, no one would have any idea to question whatever you would say about them. So just I could do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, and it's actually funny because now I really want to go to these places. I was in Argentina last year. And so I went to the Palermo track and San Isidro, which is just out of um, Buenos Aires. And now, bloody hell, I'm going to go to Tijuana. Like I'm going to the Tijuana Cup. Apparently those Caliente Greyhounds, Tijuana Cup Day, they get lit. That's where I want to be. So like open up new doors. <laughs> if Sky has a profitable year, which... People like me would happily donate, which we do already. Christmas party, <laughs> you know, get the wheels turning and, and get over there. <laughs> Tijuana, let's oh, do yeah. it. <laughs> well, that's, and that's good because uh, from, from a lot of your Instagram, um, give Cassie a follow, by the way. I'm sure you already do. But anyway, from, your, from some of your Instagram, you, you enjoy a nice little day out at the races. Is that, mm -hmm. I guess, a... Uh, well, where's the lines for you as a as a representative, I guess, of uh, Sky? You can you go there and just let loose, have a great time, or are you still in a bit of work mode when you say at the track, even though you might not be, you know, on duty? Make you sound real special agent here. Um, <laughs> really, sort of let loose and just have a, have a ball. Do they they allow that? Are you are you pretty free to sort of just enjoy a day out with with your friends and family and whoever mugs want to go along? Yeah, I mean, you are, obviously, but at the end of the day, you're still an ambassador um, for Sky Racing, and, and like, I do take that seriously and for Tab Corp. Um, so, you know, obviously, it's not 18, 19, 20, 23-year-old Cassie. 
it's different. Trip, Cassie, you're telling us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's um, yeah, she's yeah. like a, a red fine wine. She's gotten a little bit better. Um, yeah. so yeah, because at the end of the day, I'm I'm proud to say that I work at Sky Racing. I'm, I'm proud of what I do. I work in the racing um, broadcasting sphere, so I would never want to sabotage anything like that or bring any disrepute to myself or or the game. Um, but in saying that, gosh, I'll still have a couple of champagnes and, you know, cheer home Kimintari when well, I actually back it when it wins. And um, well, You're the first person if you can. I actually, we need to hook you up to a lie detector for that question because <laughs> I would pass. All right, I would pass down. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair call, you got me. But um, no, I'll still, you know, I'll still get up and smack my race book against my leg and cheer one home. Uh, a day out at the races is like I've done it since you know I can remember being a kid. It was every single weekend, so you never lose that that thrill or that buzz. And you want to because when you do get on track, it's it's completely different, isn't it? You know, you can sit here in the um, lounge watching it, but once you're there and you got people like you, mugs, muggets, you know, you you want to get fully immersed in it. But I definitely am always trying to be the best ambassador for the brand for the Tabcorp brand that I can be and for racing in general. All right. I might write that down just for uh, our own self-development to act responsibly. You convey the same message that we do. Like nothing beats that thrill. If you're picking winners, that's just a bit of a bonus. But yeah, I can't, uh, I can't carry on with 20 randoms in my living room because it just looks <laughs> sometimes. But <laughs> oh, you have the best time. You make some great friends for the day. Put it that way. Yeah. 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 Well, with with yourself sort of growing up more in the harness scene, um, do you have a, a preference? Obviously, you're still a great lover of the NZ racing. Do you do you get more involved with the thoroughbreds now or are you a harness chick at heart? Is that a thing? Um, yeah, it's a thing. Mm-hmm. I have always, uh, always, always just loved Always. Racing and, and the, yeah, always. <laughs> I wasn't taught that at broadcasting school, but I. Now that's what's going on. <laughs> I love my harness. I love my Kiwi harness. Um, I love the like. I've started going to Randwick a lot more than any other racetrack, and so my first on-course hosting was, and the bulk of them were for Gallop. So I, I'd started to try and go that way or or had gone that way because that was where they needed me to uh, to fill in New Zealand so I'm a harness girl hmm, at heart maybe at the crux of things but I'm certainly um a gallops lover as well like my I own a I own a share in a racehorse here and she's a galloper so my harness horses are back in New Zealand she's my galloper here in in Aussie so I'm a horse girl. Good answer. Very political <laughs> of you as well. Very, very diplomatically put, right? <laughs> Is that a harness picture in the background there? Okay. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's no, it's, a, it's a Jesus. It's um, actually a Jesus on the crucifix. Yeah, uh, I think it's hard to harness racing. Anyway, uh, look, while we're... We're the mugs. We obviously love a bit of a punt. Uh, do you do you have a flutter very much? Are you a, a mug punter at heart, or you just you can have a good day without really having too much of a punt? Yeah, I can have a good day, you know, with ten dollar bets. 
definitely yep. have a, a good day doing that. I get a lot of the thrill out of picking a winner. Um, you know, maybe telling my mates to get on. Uh, although I've had a bad run of late. Winter was very, very cruel to me. Um, things are starting to warm up a bit more now, which is really good in time for summer and time for Christmas. Um, but yeah, I can get this almost the same sort of thrill out of picking a winner that I've had 10 bucks to win on as, you know, when I've had a couple of glasses of bubbly and, you know, you're, you're launching $100. Yeah, but um, I would like a hundred dollars for me would be a big bet. Like I'm not, you know, making it rain with hundred dollar bills. Um, thousand, thousand dollars would be out of my mind. I would never, ever, ever do that. But um, I, I my, probably my most successful thing that I've ever done um, it was over cup week one year and it was like a $50 multi all upper yeah. and it was horses that we'd had connections with. Um, like I think one of them had, you know, stayed at ours maybe 10 years ago, the dam had or something like that. And then this one's baby was now racing. And then another one that we had had a half sister to. And then I think cause my sister works at IRT for, um, horse shipping. So if you ever want to fly a, a horse around the world or to New Zealand or from New Zealand, I'll IRT. hook you up with IRT, Tess Fahey. Um, and shipped one over or something like that. Yeah. So I had this multi that paid about seven grand and that that's my biggest. And I don't think I'll ever achieve that ever again because it was like, it was a $50 outlay. And um, I remember thinking I was the bee's knees. I was like, you know, Right. I'm going to be a professional punter. <laughs> Twitter bio updated instantly, lasted for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was, it was purely, you know, like I, was, I wasn't picking them on names, but it's like that when you pick a horse on a name that you like, and I'm like, oh, God, I'm good. Jeez, I'm good. It was because they were related to horses that we'd had or my sister had shipped it, you know, like it wasn't because of any form. It was pure fluke. That but is, um, you got to Hence the name of the show. That is Mug Punting One. Yeah. One, we will spend an hour's too long to be doing Brisbane form anyway, but that's what we'll do. And then go, oh, you know what? It's a $2 favourite, Tony Golan. That'll exactly. Exactly right, yeah. That? One dog, honestly, you know, we've all been there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, how do you go with, uh, I guess because it is known that you're in a little bit of a brains hub there at Sky Racing, are you... I mean, we joke about getting the once a year text messages from friends with the Melbourne Cup and blah, 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 blah. Do you just get every weekend, hey, 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 hey? <laughs> well, that's the thing because you're in, you know, the makeup room with the boys or something yeah. like that and or the wardrobe and, and they're talking about what they want. But there's so many and they've all got their differing opinions and it, God, it just makes it difficult sometimes. It's a bit of a minefield. But um, Gator, Tony Brassel. Yeah, always. I'll follow them into battle. I'll follow them anywhere. Those two. I'll tell you what. Well, you, you're reading my script here because I mean, is that what you're going to say? Within within <laughs> the realms of uh, of Twitter tipping and Facebook, pretty much you can create a name for yourself. But those two warriors, we'll call them. Um, they're the ones that yeah. a lot of punters resonate with, and it's just the classic whatever grass picks in yeah. the next. Uh, yeah. Let me ask you a little bit about them. So this is my read, right? And this is sort of how I'm just a bit of a weird unit 101 anyway, but 
you can sort like of it. you sort of suss somebody out with how they would act, like at a Christmas party, for example. So, <laughs> tell me if I'm pretty spot on here. I reckon Gator is the one that walks in with a shirt like this. He's all yak, all up and about. He looks like he's the life of the party, but then half an hour later, he's nowhere to be seen. He's fizzled out, and you know, he had the, he had the most wild night that nobody can vouch for. Whereas I think the brass, he's he's a bit more of the silent assassin. You know, he'll just sit down for about four or five hours. You're all having a good time, and then all of a sudden, he walks over with fifteen shots and says, <laughs> "Doing this or what?" You know. But I guess that's uh, that's why people like us just think they're great value because they look like hilarious human beings 101 but uh yeah it's a bit of the yeah the d-lo on the two brass has brass has this little party trick he's i love him so much because he's a little kiwi and i'm like okay i'll be a little kiwi absolutely he's got this party trick where he's um got like an ipad and what he does is when it's your birthday or um say there was a, another girl leaving um a few weeks or a few months ago now and he has this little thing like happy birthday Cassie and he like flicks it up and it'll flash it's really cool it's really trippy or goodbye Louise stuff like that so he comes out and that's his little thing he flashes that up and it's it's just the best the girls go crazy for it we love it and then Gator you probably won't believe this I've never met Gator in real life what so he he, yeah I know he's in Melbourne right our paths have never crossed oh I know I know that's it and like during COVID um, first, you know, point one, we were doing every single Friday together and a bit of Saturday when I was, you know, a little teaser pony for, um, for those boys on a Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon. And um, so we did every Friday together and I felt like I was like, oh, Gator's my mate. And then yeah. I was like, I have never hung out with David Gately before. Yeah. So I would he's love to go to resolutions. Here's another one. That's one. Yeah. yeah. Get to Melbourne, hang out with Gator. Honestly, what's yeah, uh, but he's he's so funny. So in that in that uh, circumstance, do you like is the camera rolling constantly? So you two obviously chat when you're not live. Um, is that how it works, or is it purely yeah? Gator's uh, on, do your thing, he's off. Yeah, it's a bit more like that with the technology. So, um, say we're doing a preview. Um, obviously, we're we're back and forthing because we're not right next to each other, so you can't do any wide shots or anything. So it's to him, and then I'm I stay quiet because, you know, he's talking, and then it comes back to me. And then say if we have to do a break or if a live race comes up, he just you know he just goes up, chills for you know thirty seconds to a minute or whatever. And then we don't talk down the line during that. We just, you know, we'll message or just wait until he comes back. So, um, yeah, you can't have full-on chit-chat conversations like what you would if, if like, here or next to it. Like, brass, I can. I've got to, I've been able to host with him a couple of times and, you know, laughing away, sharing chocolates. He's got a real sweet tooth, Mr. Russell. Let me give you the tip. So You're a bit of a self proclaimed chocolate champion as well so i think 2014 yeah right so he's he's <laughs> the last few years then so you need to, you need to get back at him he'd I, give me a run for my money i reckon yeah i guess the fun and, and i guess i think that's the fun with gator as well that in that 30 seconds that you're not seeing him your mind mm. would to think what the hell is that man doing right now because nothing would surprise him 
So I've got like what I call my little spy cam. So I can still see what he's doing because I like to um, ask the crew to be like, you know, can I have on this TV gator? So I'm watching, I'm always watching. And um, I'll be taking, you know, creepy little photos of him whilst he's doing things. And um, I'm I'm that person in the workplace. And yeah, you just see him sometimes. And he'll say something and sometimes you won't realise what he said. And you're like, what the hell was he on about? Um, Prime example, which you're all over. A little snippet today, yep. The bats, like he, he just, he's the smartest man. But some of the things he comes out with, when he had that bats thinking that they were birds, and this was live, might I add, this was totally yeah. live TV. And I was like, did I just hear that right? What the hell is Gator on about? Bats are not birds. And, um, it totally threw me and I was trying to think of something to say on the spot and I'm, I'm starting to get all red in the face and, and flushed and that. And so we went to the break and I'm like, Gator, what the hell was that? Are you serious? And he's like, yeah, yeah. I just got a text from my missus saying the mammals. And I was just like, and he, he probably <laughs> hold the phone up to the, the screen to say, in case you didn't know, now you know, as well. and you're like, I, I just, you message us to look out for it. And I think I had to watch it about three times to sort of, wait, yeah. wait what? Just exactly. And he just casually rolls yeah. on in his own and little, I, little world. I started stumbling over my own words. Cause I'm just like, this is not happening. What is this like, am I dreaming or what? And I even said to him, I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Did, yeah. What did you just say? And he just says it with his deadpan little face. And have you seen photos from him? Uh, of him from back in the day. Uh, well, we've we've had a bit of fun with him over uh, over the time on Twitter. Not yeah. So we might uh might happily ask you to send through some ones that we can get off you. But uh, I do remember he looked- when he was back at the uh, the other network, which we won't speak of. Um, you know, <laughs> that's when he had some some ripper clothes, some ripper hair going on, funny ties. Just yeah, a, a fine young man, hey. He's such a dude. He looks like he should have been in like like a, a rock band, like Nirvana or something like that. Honestly, he's a bee's knees. Have you have you chatted to him? Uh, no, not live. So again, it's on our magic mill. Well, twenty twenty one list to meet the big yeah. So I'm, I'm guessing so he probably doesn't really travel far out of the studio. So we might need to maybe hit you up with some backstage passes one day. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, what's uh. That's probably, you probably don't get to talk about this, but I'm just curious, just thinking of it. The other racing network that uh, mm-hmm. we, we don't like Victorians either, either Cass, so you don't have to hold on <laughs> here. They think they are the absolute pinnacle of everything, and that's just not even racing. But is there, is there sort of like a, a bit of a rivalry between racing.com and, and you guys with the Sky Network, or is it just, oh, they do their thing, we do our thing? It's just that. Well, Okay, so obviously in New Zealand, we're that small. Everyone just gets along. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of oblivious to the whole um, rivalries thing. I just thought, like, we're all in racing, you know, we'll, we'll all do our, do our little thing. So um, I personally, I actually used to work with Jane Idle, who obviously works for yeah. com. So, um, yeah, I, I don't have any. <laughs> Yeah, I um, yeah, I'm I'm a lover. I'm a lover, not a fighter. 
Well, to be fair, us up here in Queensland are probably the instigators that keep poking bears on both ends. So we, uh, we're in the same stance as you. We just enjoy it. Love it when you guys all come up in uh, Magic Millions in January and then the Stradbroke in, uh, in May, June, July, whenever it is. You know. I'm trying my hardest to get to Magic Millions as well. Yeah. We had a horse, um, we two-year-old filly, Ruby Kisses. You might see her on my Instagram. Um, and we're hooping still. She's got one more race that hopefully she'll go around it on the second. Hopefully she might be able to bank some money because she was bought at Magic Millions. Yeah. I've just heard so many good things about that meeting. And obviously I've watched it on TV. Never been. I'm, I'm dying to get there. Desperate. Yeah. Well, that, that was my next question. When's Cass coming up to Queensland? So fingers crossed, we'll be down. Well, I've, I've never been down to the race day either. It's, it's pretty hectic from what I've heard. So I've, I'm going to have to really start my training now. to. Uh, <laughs> Every man and his dog wants to be there. So, well, um, and even, you know, the, the whole, it's a whole week, really. Like if you're yeah. someone like you that's in the industry, you'd appreciate you know, the sales and looking at the yearlings and just mingling oh, trainers, jobs. Yeah. Well, this thing. It's probably going to be so different this year. I, I know that the polo is not happening um, this year, yeah. which is obviously a huge disappointment, but, you know, it had to be done. So it's going to be a different Magic Millions, but um, regardless, I'd, I'd love to try and be there for it. We'll see. Oh, well, there'll, be, there'll be another one. There'll be another chance. Yes. Yes. Uh, in, in your role, let's let's talk about apart from obviously the two goats that you've talked about there before. Um, have who were some other massive? I guess I don't know. The, let me start again. Who are some people that I guess you fangirled over, like I just did then, uh, within the racing industry with interviews that you've had on the uh, on the broadcasts. Is there a, a sort of a top two or three that you've had the chance to meet just because of you know your job there at Sky that. You just get to do for fun. Well, I get to obviously work alongside brilliant, brilliant people. Um, Lizzie Jelps has to be right up there, you know, and she's the sweetest wee thing as well. Yeah. Um, she she actually gave me a top the other day, which I was so stoked about. It was really nice. She was, oh, this doesn't look great on me. You have it. I was like, really? Oh my god, this is amazing! So she number one, numero uno. But growing <laughs> up in New Zealand, um, if you follow Tiaka. Um, so Karen Fenton Ellis, she was the number one presenter on Trackside New Zealand when I was growing up. And obviously she doesn't do it anymore, but she's um, such a stronghold within you know, Tiaka, married to David Ellis. And she was like, sometimes I'll, I'll message her just on Instagram and I'll be like, oh my yeah. God, I'm, I'm, I'm chatting to Karen. Like, that's so cool. So I definitely fangirled um, over her and, and still do. And um, without being too cliched, I think I'm definitely drawn to the girls, the women yep. that do it. Um, you know, Francesca Kumani, she's, oh, she's she absolutely brilliant. On her back, doesn't she? Yeah. 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 Well, and, and you just, you love watching them as well. You really do. Um, but I suppose I'm probably lucky that I get to see uh, Lizzie Jeffs most Sundays in the makeup room, so she's um, she's probably yeah who I really admire. Um, oh, there's lots of other women, um, but by by naming them, I'm probably excluding the other ones that I'm not mentioning right now, which is terrible. Uh, but I, I was lucky to uh, be tutored underneath some really cool people in New Zealand. Um, Greg O'Connor, 
he's a, a harness guy. But but back in New Zealand, in our area, we do the the harness and the gallops anyway. So he did both codes. Greg O'Connor, uh, Mark McNamara, uh, he's now yep. calling in Hong Kong. Hong Kong now, just an yeah. absolute legend of a man. Well, he was going to request a uh, question from you, but uh, you're quite quick to diffuse that fire. So do not trust anything uh, that man maybe, says. Uh, maybe next time <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll ask him. <laughs> <laughs> we used to go on road trips together because he'd be calling and I'd be hosting on track and you know two and a half three hour road trips together and you could just imagine because he's a real he's so cheeky and you could just imagine the kind of stuff we talked about he he knows a lot of secrets he knows where all the dead bodies are so um yeah no that's why I was quick to shut that down <laughs> with him in, in future then I'll note that yeah <laughs> Is that the case when, when a, a good Kiwi horse does come over that it's, you know, because up, up in Queensland, and you, you'd, you'd be exposed to the, the origin rivalry. Um, yeah. So does it sort of have that kind of a feel that, all right, my horses are coming, let's, let's show these boys how it's done? Yeah, definitely. And we saw, you know, very elegant um, Kiwi, obviously trained by Chris Waller now. Plains, She's a Kiwi. She's a Kiwi. Nick Bashara prepared her for so long. And um, she's, yeah. Do you know the story behind, do you know, hey? Next thing you'll tell us, Russell Crowe's a Kiwi. Oh my God. Don't even start me. Yes, of bloody course he is. He was born oh, in New Zealand. Continue. I'm throwing, I'm throwing paper at you. Um, so I don't know if you know the story behind uh, Very Elegant Sire Zed. So he was a battling sire. He was serving Clydesdales and then all of a sudden Very Elegant came along and it's really put him on the map. And so I think that's, it's almost like, is it a rags to riches story? Maybe for the sire it kind of is, but New Zealand and Australia, um, you know, you can have those kind of ones that come out of the woodwork and um, when the Kiwis come over, they're often, um, because, you know, a lot of people don't watch them and they sort of fly under the radar and then all of a sudden they just pop up you know we had uh, probably will come over obviously yep. anything with jamie richards you know yeah um but they had a um a wonderful year this 2020 um but i think whenever the kiwis come over there's always a part of me that's like okay the kiwis are coming because that's my point of difference so you know i've i've I know these horses or if I haven't seen them in the flesh, I, I know of them and, and it's, it's fun. It's sort of like you mentioned that rivalry, but it's like a fun one. The Kiwis are coming and when the Aussies come to New Zealand, the Aussies are coming, you know? Yeah. So it is. I love when the Kiwis come over and Melody Bell, when she was going around at like $5, you know, it was just like, how mind boggling. And it's always the way, I mean, if you're if you're on top of your, your New Zealand form and racing, you know, even on a casual basis, I think that the common punter doesn't stack up a New Zealand form yeah. obviously Australia. So if you know yeah. a good thing's coming before the market does, well, you know, yeah. I think I've cheered home Melody Bell numerous times at ridiculous odds and just Yeah, yeah, exactly. Makes you feel smart for about three minutes and you're like, <laughs> I knew it all. You guys know nothing. I am the pro. How is the, the current racing back home? I mean, obviously, it's, it's probably tough for you. We don't want to get any uh, sob stories out here, but the family's back at home. COVID's obviously hit. And I think New Zealand were the first ones to sort of shut racing down, didn't they? 
Um, has it yeah. started to recover? Are people back at the tracks over there, or, or what are they? What are they sort of? Where are they at right now? Yeah, so in terms of people back at the track, yes. Um, there was some good scenes coming through just on the weekend, you know, great crowds and it's such, it feels really good watching that kind of stuff. But uh, from a, um administrative view, things are in a little bit of turmoil back home in New Zealand. Um, without getting too political, they, they have a lot of issues. They, they obviously don't run for as much money. No. Um, there's been a lot of cuts. A lot of my uh, former colleagues are now no longer working at Trackside because they, they just had to strip things down yeah. to almost the bare minimum. Um, so that that's disappointing to see, but it's awesome to see that there's been, oh, I was reading a report, turnover was up at one particular meeting. It was a harness meeting on the grass track. Um, there's been a couple of them since New Zealand Cup Week, which is the week after Melbourne Cup Week. So that's really positive. And I know it's coming into summer and people have obviously had a hard year. And so maybe they're just desperate to get out anywhere and Christmas parties and whatnot. But that's been really promising to see. But in terms of, um, I think I sort of got out at a really lucky time. This job offer came along at a really fortunate time for me because, um, yeah, it's just, it's not, it's not how it was when I was there. Yeah, which is a bit disappointing. But the oh, racing's still good. Racing's still good. Well, fingers crossed you're right. That's a needle in the right direction scenario. Yeah. And it's still a nursery for, for breeding horses, you know, gallopers and harness. It's still yep. a nursery, an absolute one there. The lush green grass. If I could have one thing right now, I'd love to run through a paddock with grass up to my waist and like not even be afraid of spiders and snakes and crocodiles or whatever else Australia has that could kill me. I was going to say, running grass yeah. up your waist here, but uh, yeah, definitely take a first aid kit and <laughs> yeah. find you there. <laughs> All right. Well, look, you've, uh, you've been very great with your time here today. We've still got another three hours to go. So, um, Woo! <laughs> I'll just fire some uh, some quick little questions of favourites and fancies and and whatever I pretty much come up with in the next couple of minutes. So you right. can okay. play along. Okay. Nice. Favorites. Nice. All right. We'll we'll try and split this between the Kiwis and the Aussies. Favourite Australian jockey currently. Oh, currently. Currently. James McDonald. James, James McDonald, but he's a Kiwi. Yeah. <laughs> what about uh, what about all time then? Of all time, favourite jockey? Um, do you know what? I'd have to say Darren Beadman was pretty cool. Larry Cassidy? Yeah. Yeah, actually, probably Larry Cassidy. Sorry, Darren, to take wow. off you. Um, Larry. What about... Uh, what probably about see a theme going here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gee. What about back home? King Opie, uh, is he just, he's just the one that everyone knows here, obviously, but... Is there an unhidden talent that I can look for at Mata Mata on 10 a.m. on Saturday? Oh, in terms of an oh, an unhidden or hidden talent, yeah. Um, I have a crush, a girl crush on uh, Hazel Chauffeur at the moment. She's um, a claiming apprentice. She, I think, was the first jockey. She rode like six winners one day. So obviously her claim over the winter, that was gold. Um, but she's come back after a bit of a, break so it's probably a bit of late news and weather um 
but I used to kick around with some of the, um, when we'd go away on tour, um, because you'd go down for a couple of day meetings and it was too far to go up and down one day. So you'd stay for a couple of days. Terry Mosley, I love Terry Mosley. In the get out, somewhere down south, back him in, in race number 10, race number one or race number 10, I swear to God, he always seems to pick yeah. up one of those. Um, yeah, Terry Mosley. Chris Johnson, he's just become the most winning jockey in New Zealand, I think with 2,000 151 wins. Just top of your head. Top of your head. Something like that. Yeah, top of my head. Um, Yeah. But Opie on big days. Definitely big days. Yeah. Trainers. Australian trainers. Australian trainers. It's pretty hard to look past. Um, A question or a a pocket question. Hey, it's hard to look past the first lady, Gay Waterhouse. Oh, well, Gay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she um she was my hero when, like, you finished uh, primary school and you wrote in who you wanted to be when you grew up. Hey. Um, it was Gay Waterhouse for me, although uh, we have our horse with uh, Gary and John Moore, so I got to meet Gary a couple of times. Yeah. He's now my favourite, I think, actually. Sorry, Gay. Good. <laughs> have, you, have you ever had uh, much to do with Gay interview wise or yeah? Yes. Oh yeah. my gosh. I got to interview her go. once and it made my, it's probably still one of the highlights of yep. my year. Um, chatting to her. She's just so, she's so polished. Um, she's obviously been around. Everyone knows Gay Waterhouse. Oh, if you, exactly. you know, like you could go to America and, and people would know her and, She's just so. Put the microphone out, and she'll take care of the interview herself. She just. Yeah. Just She's a professional, and um, and what I really liked about her is um, so what you do when you're having a, a an interview on Sky One in the morning, so you usually throw to an ad break before. That's when the guys and girls call up, say for example, Gay, and then in that ad break, you've got about a minute where you can sort of say, "Gay, Gay, how are you?" You know. Cassie here and she was like you know where do you live and and I said yeah I live manly and then at the end of it she made me feel as though I knew her she knew me and she said yep and keep enjoying manly won't you you know like she had yeah. that she built that built that sort of connection and and I think that's really special and so um she's she's uh top of the top of the tree for me number one for a reason and uh, yeah. I still can't really catch her. So next time you speak to her, you let her know. <laughs> what about, uh, what, about uh, what about back home? Back in uh, the great land of New Zealand. Favourite trainer back at home. Apart from Dad, of course. Dad, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, true. I've only been touching on the gallops as well. Um, Favourite favorite trainer, I think, would be Robert Dunn. RJ Dunn of the Harness Code. Um, he has this horse going around at the moment called Sunday Sun. He's a trotter. He's like horse of the year. He's, yeah. if I could have a boyfriend that was a horse, it would be Sunday Sun. Um, he, he's been one of these trainers that have been around for it. Like, he's a New Zealand Cup winner. He's got, he's the dad of Dexter Dunn for Harness fans that follow or did used to follow Dexter in New Zealand and Australia, who's now carving up in America. He's got John Dunn as well, uh, who's, who's, 
pretty much as co-trainer. And, um, you know, they've got a big team, but they're such great people. They're just, yeah. you know, they're workers. Um, they'll always have time for you. Always say good day. And, um, yeah, they'll always make time for you as well. Like, they'll call you back. If, if you rang them, like, I was trying to hound Johnny Dunn for an interview coming up to New Zealand Cup Week. And he rang me back to say, you know, yep, let, let's go. I'm, I'm yeah. here to give you a couple of winners. So, you know, people like that you just can't beat. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. And it, look, and I've, I've said this before as well, but uh, I'll repeat it because that's what we seem to do here at Mugs, just repeat ourselves. But just the racing general, uh, racing industry in general, I find is so great like that. Like even yourself, um, you're quite responsive to people on Twitter that will ask you questions and whatnot. A lot of the jockeys are, a lot of the trainers are. Whereas you look at, you know, like an AFL or rugby, you know, if you're reaching out to people via athletes on social media, you're not even going to get looked at sort of thing. So, um, and that makes, you know, a lot of punters day, to be quite honest. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. the side's a bit nasty, which we, uh, we don't encourage. I so don't bloody do it. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, and even with what we do on, uh, you know, we obviously take, take the mickey out of a lot of jockeys and trainers and it's all in good faith, but a lot of them will actually like what we put up about them or, or have a laugh along with us as well. So, um, whereas you bag somebody out, they might not do the same. Yeah, I don't know. It's a different spotlight or it's a different mentality or it's, um, yeah. you know, you find a lot of salt of the earth kind of people in racing. So maybe that's... Yeah, I think that's... I think the... No matter sort of where, you, where you've gotten to in the racing industry, no matter where you're involved, you've had to do the yards, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like obviously yep. you've grown up seeing how it all works from the absolute bottom level um, of yep. what they will start doing. Um, and even jockeys, you know, they, they start as kids and they have to be around horses. They have to... Yeah. You've got to earn your stripes. You really do. You know, and um, it's a great leveler, as everyone knows. Like, you're hot one minute, you're not the yeah. next. And you just, yeah, just comes around in circles. So you just got to ride it out when it's bad, enjoy it. One of the best things that my dad always, um, um, it was like a, a philosophy. You got to, God, celebrate, celebrate the wins. But you know what? You got to celebrate the losses. You just got to be happy to be there because you're going to lose more than you're going to win. And it just makes the victories even sweeter. So you just got to. Just gotta uh, keep battling away. Exactly, mate. Well, look, lucky you're at Manly because you can ride those waves better than anyone <laughs> else in Australia. So you've done pretty well there. Uh, well, look, last, one, last sort of one we'll touch on, and I'll we'll try to try to make it a bit lighthearted. But social media can be a pretty der- terrible place for a losing jockey uh, or even someone like yourself in spotlight. But have you ever got any not abuse as such, but a little bit of a cheeky comment that you've just gone? Oh god, it's too funny to even deal with. Um, oh. it seems like maybe that a couple of you know the brass or the gator might have gotten on social media where you just go, oh geez, that's a stitch. Thankfully, <laughs> thankfully I get a lot more of the you know the cheeky um, sort of funny ones. You know, and you, and you develop a bit of a skin. So yep. I, I get a lot. I got a lot of stick over my accent, like. Um, I get, yeah, I got a lot of hate mail over my accent when I first started. So, uh, but then you get the funny ones saying, um, oh, I like the way you say number six. 
I don't even know how I said it then because I'm thinking about it now. Yeah. But um, so you, you'd get a lot of that. That's the, um, the way to promote this podcast for the next two yeah. days. <laughs> okay, good. Um, yeah, you do. Yeah, you certainly get it. And I, um, I don't know how there's still people out there that think it's okay to open with. Yeah. If f off back to wherever you came from f off back to new zealand it's like i'm a lady don't come at me with the f word straight away you gotta at least buy me a drink before you can start swearing at me um <laughs> yeah. or, or teach you a word that you don't bloody know at least <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, yeah knock me down if usually you... oh. usually the spelling isn't too great as well so you're just like oh okay you know what you're having a bad day um, I must admit, I'm looking for a guy called Den, D-E-N. If anybody knows of him, I'm really? looking for him. I think I need to, I need to give him a hug or something. He hates me. So. Uh, <laughs> Den, word of warning, she's, uh, she's in isolation with the boxing bag all around the house. She's getting ready. Yeah, ready. exactly. I'm doing, I'm doing my, um, my exercise. I'm going to be fit. Actually, there's a guy in London that I'm still looking for. Um, oh, are you there? Yeah, I'm back. Are you back? Sorry, sorry. Sleep on there's me. a guy in London that I'm, uh, not London, there's a guy in Amsterdam that I'm still looking for. Um, <laughs> when I used to live there, he sold me something bad. And uh, if I ever found him again, wow, so be careful, Den. You know what you can do? It's a uh, figure out when the Amsterdam Cup is. I'm sure there is one. <laughs> Work trip. Guy paid for the flights over first class, and you can do your little side hustle on this one. <laughs> And, uh, and last one, I guess, what's next for Cassie? Bye, hey, hey. hey. Um, Anyone, what's, what's, what's on the horizon? Um, not, I'm not too sure. You know what? It's 2021. It's got to be better than 2020. Um, I'm hopefully looking forward to getting back out on track and doing some stuff. Um, Two years, you know, a year ago now, I was back in New Zealand. I did some of the, the coverage for New Zealand Cup Week there. So fingers crossed there'll be that. There's a, a Ballarat Cup on the horizon, mm. maybe, as long as this, um, this border stuff opens up. Um, yeah, I just just keep um, battling away. I reckon you'd be a, a bit of a Warnable Carnival fangirl as well is that on the i've heard the ball goes great and that would be on my hit list for sure it'd be a bit of old cats in australia kind of uh yeah yeah in birdsville i've yeah. heard birdsville that goes off i'm um, yes. i'm keen to try it up there they are don't worry they're two on our bucket list so look if you get to birdsville pick us up on the private jet we'll make sure we have <laughs> <laughs> Mate, well, thanks once again. Um, I hope all the uh, all the app mugs fear out there enjoyed the listen because uh, for us it's great to hear, I guess, from the other side on you know someone that's in the industry sees it all firsthand can uh, fill us in on the rorts before they happen. So if you send us an anniversary, we'll pass it on. But thanks again, mate. No, thank you. I was um, very excited to be a part of this and um, keep up the great job with the memes. I yes. love them. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Um, You're the meme lord. Just, uh, just keep poking Gator and we'll have content for the next five years. So you'll be right. I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> Thanking you, Moz. Appreciate it. And Merry Christmas as well to everyone out there. 